Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to chat. My name is Brian Kearney. Absolutely delighted today to be joined by singer extraordinaire Christian Burns. Christian, how are you? I'm really good, Brian. Yeah, how are you, mate? You good? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Um, the first podcast in since the start of September, so it could be a little bit rusty, but um, I'm really looking forward to speaking to you today. Um, had a great laugh with you at Creamfield, so we can... Uh, we can let people um, in on the details of that day where we sort of all felt a little bit of a return to normality. Yeah, it was a little bit, it was, it was uh, weird. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, that, what a fun day that was. It, I think everyone was a little bit emotional even, you know, it was like, I've been so long and been suppressed from doing shows and seeing people. So I even, you know, I wasn't working that day, but I just went there and I was just, I was just so happy to see things back on you know mm. so that was great it was great it was amazing just just from start to finish because just we'll go through the day for for people watching or people are listening in. so we we um we all met up in the hilton near the airport that's where all the artists were staying for creamfields and i was there my wife Adele, um giuseppe ottaviani neil scarborough who was involved with us at music first and yourself and myself and neil I don't think Giuseppe had ever met you in person before either, had he? No, because me and Giuseppe, we've worked together. You know, we we did, uh, we've, we worked together, for, it was first started about a few years ago. Um, and we've spoke a lot, you know, and we did even, we did, we even did some stuff on lockdown together. Um, but we know we'd never met in real life. So, you know, it was always nice to meet someone. It's always a bit weird when you meet someone in real life and you've not met them and you yeah. work with them, you know, you're so familiar. But yeah, it was, it was great to meet Giuseppe. Yeah, so we were just sitting in the the bar, the restaurant, um, in the hotel, and just sitting there having a couple of beers. And and uh, for for yourself and myself, it was the first time that we probably had been in that sort of situation in about a year and a half. Because obviously we've been locked down, we haven't been able to uh, uh, socialize with people. So just to be sitting around the table, chatting away, having a laugh, forgetting about all the nonsense that has gone over on over the last eighteen months, it was just it felt really, really good. And the one thing that I felt from that day, it felt like nothing had changed. It just felt like every, it was 2019 again. Everything was completely normal. I don't know whether it's to do with the UK. It just seems to have, they're just getting on with their lives. Yeah. Here in Ireland, it's again, it's starting off again and the case numbers are going up and there's mass fucking panic. All that rubbish it's it's just it's so draining and frustrating and i find it very triggering for myself that we're facing yeah. going into this shite again but i'm not going in i've talked too much about covid on this fucking podcast already so let's not go into that yeah so it was Fuck just COVID. to be around yeah exactly so to be just around people to have a laugh to see people that i haven't seen giuseppe in a year and a half i've seen neil a few times over the past year just to be around each other, we're, we're just yeah. talking to each other and, and, and to have that sense of normality again was just really, really nice. Yeah, it was, it was a really good energy. I, I completely agree with you. Um, and <clears throat> like I say, it was, it was the first thing back and I think everyone was just a bit like, oh, just watching people, look at people there. And like people, some people were hugging, some people were like doing this. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just great to see everyone back and it was great to meet you, Brian, and, uh, you know, Neil and everyone. And yeah, we had such a great day. I, I just loved it. I was just running around Creamfields going, this is great. You know, it was fantastic. 
Yeah, we were like it, that's the thing. We were laughing and joking within like about thirty minutes of meeting each other. The stories were out, and we were talking about stuff from years ago, and like even going a little bit deep on how we were feeling. So we were like, it was it was interesting for me to see how much we were sort of opening up to each other about stuff that we were going through. Because usually within this type of scene, it's all about showing how fucking great you are and the egotistical yeah. nonsense. But we were sort of just chatting away, saying, "Oh, we went through this. We went through that." It was just, it was refreshing for me to see. Uh, and for, for, especially from that day, that there was a lot of people who came up to me, um, like artists and just normal people who were into the music saying how much they've enjoyed this podcast, how much it's helped them. And that they were opening up to me about struggles they've been going through. There was, there was one guy who I've known for a few years who came up and was talking to me and he said that he actually went through a, break, a mental breakdown in the past 18 months. But he, the, the way he was speaking about it, he wasn't in a sort of a nervous way he was speaking about it. He was sort of real open and sort of owning it and... It, it was it it was just it's this it's it's good for me to see that the conversation about the difficulties of life because it, it, life is fucking difficult and especially has been in the last year and a half for people to be able to just talk to this stuff without fear of judgment or anything like that it, it, it's it's really good for me it Absolutely. just it, yeah it's just that day it was just so special the weather was amazing just seeing people happy again enjoying themselves enjoying the music it, it, it really did a lot for me and I got such a boost from it just seeing people again and, and to, to be back on stage and, and everything it was just it was it was incredible I really enjoyed it I think I think it made us all realize that you know maybe we all did take it for granted you know when you're in it and um, we realized how much we missed it all you know um, and you know being together again like that was just magical it was great and it's something I'd, I didn't realize how much I'd missed it until I was back in that arena, back in that kind of, you know, social environment. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to throw it there. But yeah, I think, I mean, how was it for you, like going back on stage, like for the first time in a long time, did you have a little bit of like, because I know for me, when I took a break from after BB Mac and I didn't perform for like three years and I was just, you know, I, I, I love what I do, but I had this little bit of, um, it was almost like nerves going back on stage, you know, because you think it's like riding a bike, you know, you know how to do it. But first time you get on a bike after a while, it's a little bit nerve wracking. So how was it for you going back on was, stage? Then after I remember, I, I think I was just talking to you at the side of the stage and then I was at about 10 minutes to go and I just sort of sat, sat by myself and I could feel my heart racing and, and uh, the, just the, the, it was a nice nervous nervousness. The butterflies yeah. are going. It was just... It was it was sort of a little bit surreal to have not played in a year and a half and then to be playing at such an amazing show like Creamfields. It was just, I fucking loved it. From start to finish yeah. of that set, I really enjoyed it. And I remember saying to you that there were certain tracks that I was working on that I, I know myself that I'm going to get emotional playing them. And it was it was with one of the new vocal tracks that I have done. I, I, yeah, I remember I that. Did remember. feel a bit emotional, and I was in. There was tears in my eyes, and I was having a little moment. And then in that moment, Will Atkinson came up and gave me a big hug and just broke me out of that moment. So he he he, uh, he got me out of that thing, and I just I was back in back in the zone and, and loved it. But it, it was just <laughs> I, I I just loved it, man. And every gig that I've done since, I've just it, I've I've fucked so much gratitude and appreciation to be back doing it because I've missed it so much um even the fact that i've i'm getting um finishing my set i'm getting back to the hotel i'm sleeping for maybe an hour and i have to get up and fly home i'm not complaining about any no. shit anymore man I'm, I'm, I'm done with giving out i'm just getting on with it but 
to, 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 to answer your question uh, in a few words, it was just fucking so good, man. I loved it so much. Well, I mean, no, I mean, that's the power of music, isn't it? You know, you got emotional. It's, it's such a powerful thing. It's one of the most powerful things in the world, in my opinion. But I think, you know, for, for us performers and, and producers and writers, I think, you know, there's a hole in our lives, you know, that, that kind of absence of gigs and stuff. Because I don't know about you, Brian, but I, I, I like feed off that energy of the crowd. You know, that, it's that positive feedback loop. And you really miss it, you know what I mean? You miss that connection with the crowd. And it's, it's, it's great, with, you know, producing and being in your studio and having all this time to create. You know, I, I did loads of music and, you know, a full album and everything in lockdown. But there's something so special and so magical as an artist and as a performer about having that connection. And I think, you know, you, actually, you could just see it in everyone's eyes, you know, in all the DJs and in the crowd as well. Everyone was so just happy and, and thrilled to be back doing what we love, you know, most, uh, you know, going to gigs, performing. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a really special day for me um, just to see everyone and just to see everyone just buzzing so much off, off being there, you know. Yeah, and the thing is, I was expecting people to look like a lot older and stuff, but like everyone actually looked, if not, they, they, they either looked exactly the same or they looked even better than they did a year and a half ago. So it's like everyone has slept for the last year and a half. They caught up on all the, the sleep deprivation over the past 10 years and everyone's ready to go and do it again. I mean, it, it could have gone a different way because I know I started lockdown, at the beginning of lockdown with like dominoes on speed dial, big stack of Stella. Uh, on the side, just watching the news, like, just like, yeah. you know, and yeah. then, uh, you know, I decided to thought, no, this is, I'm going to be the size of a house if this ever ends, this thing, you know, so, I, you know, but uh, yeah, you're right. I think everyone was, was ready. Everyone was ready. You know, everyone's been through their own stresses and, and tough times with COVID. It's affected everybody. Don't care who you are. It's affected everybody, you know, substantially in some way, whether it be your business or family or lost ones, you know? So I think, um, yeah, it, it was a long hard road to get out and to get to where we are today but I'm really hopeful about the future now and I think you know we've, we've, in my opinion is we've got to learn to just live with this you know with the virus we can't keep you know they can't do that again lock us all down no. I won't do it no <laughs> let's let's not go into that but but let's yeah. let's let's go back a little bit and we'll we'll sort of talk about your experience as a singer during the past um, year and a half in terms of when this whole thing began and we saw so many changes in our life. What, where were you in the world when, when all this stuff began and what was your experience at that time? Well, I mean, <clears throat> my life just did a complete flip because I was, I was actually living in, in Los Angeles um, with my girlfriend at the time and, you know, just getting on with life, enjoying it, you know, making music, going, doing gigs and, you know, sun was out. And then, you know, I'd seen this popping up on the news and I was like, okay, it's probably blow away. So I, I thought my bright idea was I'll go and um, I'll go and rent a, one of those Airstream caravans, those silver caravans you get. I saw I booked one on Airbnb for two weeks. I thought I'm going to go over to the, to the desert for a couple of weeks. I'll come back when it's all blown over. <laughs> so yeah, nice one, Christian. So um, anyway, I, I realized that, you know, every day everything was escalating <clears throat> and I went to the shop to get some food. <laughs> First of all, I got to the shop and we're fighting over pasta and bean. I was like, what? what is going on? This is crazy. So I was like, right, okay. So I got my stuff. I was walking back home and um, there was a huge like line of people queuing up to buy guns um, at the gun shop. And I was like, you know what? Uh, maybe it's time 
this uh, English lad went home, went back to England because I thought I, I didn't want to be locked in America, you know, away from family and all that. So, um, yeah, I uh, just left my studio, left my car, my apartment, you know, got on a plane, didn't know how long it was going to be, got back to England, went through a breakup two weeks later. Um, so, and found myself homeless, basically, because I've left everything there. I was stuck in the UK then. So I went and moved in with my sister, um, I, which was going to be for a couple of months, which ends up to be about eight months. I stayed there. Now, luckily, she had, you know, she's got a nice house and there was room for me. Um, but my life literally got just turned upside down. I had no studio because all my gear was stuck in Los Angeles. So I was like, you know, buying bits of gear and just like cobbling something together. And my sister had this, um, this little shed at the bottom of the garden. So I said, well, I, you know, I can use that as a studio. So I set up this little studio in there, literally sat on a, a stool, set the studio up and, and that was my escape, you know, um, because it was really, it, you know, everyone went through really tough times, but I just thought it, for me, it, feel like, it felt like everything got thrown on, at, you know, at the same time, all my gigs got, can't 35 gigs got, you know, canceled as, as everyone else's did, you know, went through a breakup, had no home, no car. I was just like, wow, this couldn't, 22, and I remember on New Year's Eve on 22, I was saying, this is going to be my year. This is going to be my year. And uh, so I found myself in this position and, and um, you know, after a couple of months of, 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 you know, just drinking Stella and watching the news and biting my nails and eating pizza, I started to feel like shit, as you can imagine. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> something just switched in me. And um, I just went on this journey then to kind of help myself. And um, I actually... Um, just started exercising a lot, eating well, set up this studio. And I just just lot myself in this little shed, like literally, Brian, all day um, for months and months and months. I locked myself in this little studio and I, I had like um, cushions from patio furniture to make the acoustics and all, because you couldn't even get it. You couldn't even go to the shop. Yeah. I mean, you remember what it was like. So yeah. I literally couldn't get anything. Everything was shut. So I was just, I was just doing what I could. And... Um, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I, I really did some, um, I really dug deep creatively as far as me as an artist. And, and, and I wrote, I wrote this, this song, this, this album, this full album, I wrote this album of hope, you know, this album of hope in this real time of real struggle for me. And it was my escape, you know, to write these hopeful songs. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in this, in this, in this shed kind of just manifesting all this, this sadness and struggle and singing about it. I didn't want to do that. So I, I thought I want to manifest this hope uh, for the future. And that's what I did. And, um, you know, being able to create like that and being able to just go in that little shed and close the door, um, was my escape, you know, and it was, it was music that got me through it, Brian, honestly, absolutely. I think that's that's how it has been for a lot of people when you say that music has got them through this because there's there was literally I think music was like a distraction from how shit things were. Yeah. Um like in terms of myself to get through it, it was exactly the same. It I just felt it was like you're just waking up every day for me and the I've I've sort of identified with myself identify with myself in terms of my work and a DJ and a producer. So when that was taken away, um, I was sort of waking up every day, and I, like I, I got up every day, and I, I did the same thing, and I get up and I go for a walk, and I, I never stay in bed or anything like that, but I was getting up every day, and I was sort of wondering what my purpose in life is. Yeah. So it, it, for me to get through it and to sort of 
for, in my eyes to stay relevant. Um, I did a lot of streaming for my kitchen, so weekly mixes. Plus, it gave me something to focus on. I could pick a different team each week to focus on, and I, I think it, it helped me to get through it. Obviously, I, I look I look back at it now, and I'm like, geez, I'm back playing in front of a crowd, whereas last year I'm. I'm playing in front of a, uh, an iPhone in an empty kitchen in the middle of November <laughs> like you know it was but it, it's you have to be flexible at life it's life is about it's not about being strong it's about being flexible so you're adapting to whatever's going on in your life and you're making the most of whatever situation you're in and that's that's what I think I did well in the past year to get through all of this and to to sort of maintain a connection with the people who support me in my job and stuff. And I'm sure like you did the same. What what did you do in terms of maintaining that connection with, with um, the people who follow you? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as far as, you know, aside from doing the music and, you know, getting locked in my own space and just getting lost in the music, um, you know, I do these lockdown little performances. So I did these things where it was like lockdown live lounge, I called them. And that was the same thing. It kept me, it kept me up my mind occupied. And I do, I did one with my dad. So my dad would record on his iPhone, him singing and me singing on my iPhone. And I'd get the two together and I'd put them together in a video. Me and Giuseppe did one as well for our song Brightheart. And, you know, I, I did, though. I spent time doing these videos and then I put them out, you know, into the world and social media um, and just just do something. I thought I've got to just have some output, you know, I was writing stuff which wasn't going to get released and labels weren't releasing anything. And, but that really helped me. And, it, you know, even, even just talking to, you know, everyone in the comments and stuff really, really helped me. Um, and just having that connection because I did feel, you know, a little bit isolated, you know, um, as, as everyone did in their own way. So that really helped me. So I did a lot of that. Um, and I did, I did more lives as well. I mean, you know, just going on Facebook Live or, you know, Instagram Live and just talking to people, it really helped me. And then <clears throat> actually I discovered, um, I discovered Clubhouse um, when that came out. And that was pretty amazing for me because um, it was just like... It What's was that, Christian? Clubhouse. Do you know yeah, what Clubhouse is? No. All right, well, Clubhouse, it's, um, if you've not heard of it, um, it's the same as, well, Twitter Space. I've got Twitter Spaces now. So basically it's a social media platform but there's no pictures, there's no video, there's no text. It's just audio. Okay? okay. So you're just talking like a group of people. You see the little heads and you're just talking. So you might pick a room that says meditation and you go in that room and everyone's talking about great ways to meditate, um, affirmations on people are talking about music production and the future of music production. So <clears throat> I, I got into that and um, it was really, really good actually. And then, and then me and BT, um, we started doing, and we're still doing now, every Wednesday, 9pm, we go on Clubhouse and we help, you know, young artists, aspiring artists, we help with feedback and we help with songwriting tips and, you know, whatever else we can help with, really. Um, but it, it was really fantastic, that, because um, I could just, you know, I was in this little shed and I was working away and then I'd take a break and then I'd put Clubhouse on and I'd be like, started to make friends with all kinds of people, just plumbers and like all anyone. It wasn't just musicians. <laughs> Literally, had this little crew of people, and I, and I started making these rooms called the Dog and Duck, which was like a little pub sort of thing. And on a Friday, we'd all join this room, and you know the same people would pop in, and we'd all have a beer, and we're just talking to each other. And I think it was that sense of community that I really missed. And I think you know, as much as we we bitch about social media and how toxic it is and everything, you know, during lockdown, you know. 
things like that. They really helped me. It was a really massive support. And, you know, I made some great new friends as well. So, yeah. So if you've never tried, you should pop into the room on one, one Wednesday, right? Come out I'll, I'll see if I can bring some plumbers with me. <laughs> bring some plumbers. We need a few plasterers as well at the minute now. So, uh, yeah. If you, if you yeah and, in ter- and in terms of the financial situation for yourself in, in the last year and a half, have you have you do- taken any steps to sort of maintain your financial situation? Have you started anything? Because I think you mentioned something to me about uh, the academy or something like that. Yeah, well, what I mean, like everyone in the music industry, you know, all, all got rugged, all my um, gigs went and everything. I found myself in a bit of a pickle, you know, um, because, you know, being musicians, if you live off your royalties, it's like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, right, okay, I've got to do something else here. So I had this idea, um, even before lockdown, to start an academy to teach people who want to become a featured vocalist, who want to do what I do, or who want to be able to record their own vocals at home or write songs had this idea to do it a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, about two or three years ago. But you know what, Brian? I never had the time to do it because it was a big it was a big thing to do, a big task to take on. So I never had the time to do it. Um, so I then found myself, you know, with all the time in the world. Um, so I built this academy, yeah. So I built my first online course, which is called Record Ready Vocals. Um, and I launched that <clears throat> last December. And then... I started working on another program, which is called the Top Line Transformation Program. And this is a 12-week program that I take people on, which takes them from, you know, not even knowing what a digital audio workstation is to being able to like write and record their own songs and then, you know, how to connect with people in the music industry. And, you know, I found myself, again, you know, speaking to people over Zoom, you know, during lockdown, helping them out, mentoring them. And it was, I didn't realize you know, first of all, I thought, right, okay, this is great. I've got all this knowledge. I can share it. But I didn't realize how much, you know, in my own selfish way, I would feel rewarded from actually connecting with people and really helping them. So for me, it was, yeah, I can, I can get some extra income, you know, because the music industry is kind of on pause at the minute. But the biggest, the biggest benefit for me was actually just the biggest reward was just helping all these people and having this connection with people. And I'd jump on with them every week. It's really what kept me sanity going. Brian, honestly, mate, it was, um, it was something amazing. So yeah, so, I, you know, we've come out of lockdown now and everything's turning back on and everything, even though the world's still a bit broken, you know? Um, so I've kind of done the, the, a lot of the work on the academy and now it's just going from strength to strength. So I'm, and I'm loving it. So I've, I now fit that into my routine now. So, you know, I'm not just a performer, musician. Now I'm a teacher as well. And it's something I never thought I'd do, Brian. You know, it's like, if you would have asked me, um, you know, I would never have thought I would have done that. I'd never thought I would have loved it as much as I do. But um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of good come out of lockdown for me. I'll be honest with me. I did a lot of searching, really went deep in myself, you know, as far as like doing the academy, but, you know, also the music as well. So um, every cloud. Yeah, that's interesting <laughs> to say that because I remember hearing a phrase uh, a few years ago that the best way to learn is to teach. And it sounds like that that's been um you've been teaching a lot of people and you've learned a lot about yourself and obviously you learned about all the process as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been doing this I've been this for 25 years now, Brian. You know, it's a long time. Um, but it's just when you when you're teaching other people, you know, it, it's 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 seeing other people's um, you know, kind of views on things and it's really, really super helpful. So yeah, I mean 
it's it's win-win you know I, I, even me because you're learning every day brian like yourself you know you're learning all the time you're never like right I've, i know everything now that's it i'm learning all the time I'm like a sponge i'm always watching youtube videos going listening to you know talks and everything and i think it was just you know throwing myself in that and during lockdown was just so beneficial for me for, for many reasons um and like i say it kept me sanity because i know people who've, who've really struggled i'm sure you do and you know, we've all struggled, but I know people who didn't, you know, do certain things and just chose, a, you know, a different option just to just watch Netflix and stay in bed and, and you know, go down that road. And, and it's tough. Um, but I was lucky enough to to have that in me to, to get up and say, no, Christian, sort this out, sort yourself out, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, it was it was it was a, something I didn't think I'd, I'd get to do. But, you know, because of, of lockdown, you know, I, I built this whole academy now. And um, yeah. It's, it's great uh, and your current situation are you back doing gigs and stuff now or is it still you're mainly doing the stuff from home and your academy and stuff and teaching people or are you back doing shows yeah have you have you performed? yeah do you know for me i mean we, i had a, a bunch of shows booked in october which got cancelled because of visa situations just before they unlocked some of the stuff so i've kind of written this year off for performances brian um but next year i, I want to you know i'm looking for next year to be you know busy year um, but I've been, you know, very prolific with the writing and, you know, got some great releases coming out. And, um, you know, like I say, I've been just churning out loads, loads of music. So it's been a great year to kind of catch up on that and get some things in the bag for next year. But yeah, I, I really want next year. I'm, I'm, I'm excited I'm, and I'm working myself up, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting myself in shape. I want to be in the best shape of my life next year. Um, it's, it's uh, it's funny because usually like this time of year I just start I just start like eating just crap and just the weather's crap and mm. you don't feel like going out but I'm really going to push it this year I'm going to really really work hard to get in good shape for next year mentally I'm I'm physically and do you see yourself um, staying in the UK or can you see yourself moving back to the US? Well, it's funny because my mum and dad asked me this question as well. <laughs> Son, are you staying? <laughs> um, so I, I think for me. The world's is still a little bit, it's not calibrated yet. And so I'm going to stay here for another six months and then I'm going to review the situation and see what I want to do. Um, whether I go back to LA or not, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm keep thinking of, about Nashville, keep thinking about it because I've been there a few times and I really love it. I really love it there. So who knows? I, I'm not making a decision at the moment. I'm going to stay here definitely in the UK for another six months. And it's been great to be surrounded by friends and family, you know, I've really loved that. Um, and I really missed them so much when I was in LA, you know, FaceTimes are great. But they're not the same, you know? Um, so for the moment, Brian, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I think it's a dream of mine to live in, in America someday. I, th I think I just have this sort of idealized version of America in my head from being a kid and watching the movies and TV and all that. But I know myself, I was in LA at the beginning of uh, 2020 in January and I stayed in downtown LA and I know LA has this sort of real, uh, <clears throat> what's the, like luxuri luxurious um, thing attached to it. But I was, I was sort of walking around downtown LA going, this place is a bit of a fucking kip. Like it, yeah, I lived there for six months yeah. in, in downtown LA. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's so many homeless people. The the level of people actually mentally ill, not with bad mental, yeah. but mentally ill walking around. I remember the first time I was ever in LA. It was about ten years ago, 
and the guy who was looking after me was showing me around LA and we were driving through Beverly Hills and there was this homeless guy uh, he was just walking along this was in the most upmarket part of Beverly Hills you can imagine literally just dropped his trousers and, and took a big shit in the middle of the road in front of everyone just pulled them back up and walked on and was there like this is America <laughs> that happens in Wigan actually as well um <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know, you're right. And it, it, it's really sad to say, because I lived in downtown and it's like, you get used to the noise after a while, but you know, there, there is a, a, a huge homeless problem in Los Angeles and the surrounding areas and downtown. It is. And it's, and it's very sad, you know, because they, it's a different kind of system over there. As, as far as if someone's like that in the UK, they get sectioned, they get taken in, they get taken care of. And it's not really like that in, in the States. And, um, yeah, it's a huge problem and it's just gotten worse over lockdown, you know, since COVID it's gotten, the homeless problem in, in Los Angeles has gotten a lot worse. And, you know, I've, I, I know a lot of people who've left Los Angeles, um, you know, since even, even people were leaving before because of this problem, because, um, yeah, it's just everywhere. It's, it's you know, like homeless people like live literally living outside five million dollar mansions in yeah. like, certain parts. Because yeah. San Francisco's even worse for it. Like the the level yeah. of homelessness in San Francisco is is scary. And I remember one of the, the last times I was there, you could just sense how angry people are living there. That they because San Francisco's so expensive to live in, and and mm. they have to. They, <clears throat> There's just homeless people. It's it, it is very sad to see that that it's like that because it, it's it's not really like that over here. Obviously, homelessness is no. an issue here, but it's to that extent over there. It's it, it's crazy, and and it, the, the sad thing for me as well is a lot of them seem to be like army veterans and stuff, and these are people that have served their country and they come back and they're, they're not looked after. But that's a whole different, <laughs> completely. Yeah, different no, discussion. it's heartbreaking, yeah. it, Brian. It really is heartbreaking, and it's it, it, but it's it's real. It's a real problem they've got. And I hope, you know, the American government kind of, they've got to find some solution to it um, because it just feels, it just feels wrong to, to, to have so many people who are desperate for help who can't get it, you know, um, through, you know, a few bad choices in life or whatever. But it's just, yeah, it, it's, 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 um, it's getting worse and worse as well. So, um, yeah, it's sad. And, and like you say, you know, we do have a homeless problem over in the UK, um, but it's not nearly as bad as what it, what it is over there, you know, and, and I think the government do a lot more for the homeless over here. Um, you know, that's my, that's my opinion. But like you say, when you live there, instead of visiting there for a gig or going there for a vacation, vacation, I'm not, I'm not American, for a holiday, um, you know, it's a, you, you see a different side to it, you know, and Los Angeles is very much a city on the edge. Mm. And, it, you know, this, this came to fruition when lockdown was on and you've seen the riots kicking off and everything. It's just, yeah. It's um, it's not quite like you see in the movies. No, it's not. It's not. No. It's certainly not. And, and life isn't like that either. I'm learning no. more and more about that. I think we we grow up thinking that life is meant to go a certain way for us, but I'm telling you now, it's not fucking like that at all. Life is challenging. It throws things at you, and it, it takes a lot of resolve and um to get through these things because I'm, I'm going to speak about something now that I've never really uh, obviously it's something very recent but um, the week after I played at Creamfields um, I found out I was going to be a father for the first time so um, um, obviously couldn't believe it um, incredible two of us were absolutely delighted um, unfortunately um, 
it doesn't have a, a happy ending so oh, I'm, I'm gonna go into it sorry I know um, it's a little bit difficult to talk about so hopefully I can get through it but um, the Wednesday after uh, Creamfields um, my wife took a, a pregnancy test and it was positive and I remember I was sitting in the studio with headphones on my head couldn't hear her screaming she was coming in screaming and I just just couldn't believe it I just fell on the ground and never felt that amount of emotion in my life um, and then for, for, for three weeks after that everything looked really good um, I've never felt as happy um, I was playing those gigs I was just on that stage and just like it felt like things had changed um, things had got better back playing gigs back travelling back earning my own money something that we've wished for was coming true and then on um, uh, the 24th of September I'll never forget it we went in for uh, an early scan and um, she she t- put the thing on her stomach and took the, t- the rubbed the thing in her stomach but there was there was nothing there so the woman doing the scan asked my wife to go in and empty her bladder and she'd do an internal scan and she did the internal scan and she said I'm, I'm sorry it's not good there's no heartbeat so um, the the baby had stopped um Sorry, the baby had stopped All right, Brian. growing so sorry, at, man. Uh, six weeks. And um, I can't even describe the pain of that moment. It was, I've, I've sat at the side of my bed when my dad died and the pain of that moment was a thousand times more painful than that. So it just went, I just let out a roar of just complete and utter pain and just couldn't believe it and just utter shock and then we just we sort of just got up and had to drive home I, I barely even remember driving home I had to drive home for about 35 minutes and just got home and then f- for the two days after that after realising my wife was after having a miscarriage I've, it just I can't describe the, the pain and the hurt and the the emotions and the amount of tears and just the, the, I, my body was in physical pain like pains in my chest like I could barely stand up at times so um, we had to go back in to, to, to see we got it done privately because we were just wanted to see I was because we had to go into the hospital then to have it confirmed and we went back in on the, the Friday after and had the scan and, and it was confirmed that it was a uh, it wasn't even a thing called a normal miscarriage it was called a silent miscarriage and that's when a woman has all the symptoms of pregnancy everything looks like it's fine her body still thought she was pregnant but the, the fetus had stopped growing at, at a certain stage so to, to just trying to deal with that and to I'm dealing with my own pain and then to see my wife in the same sort of pain and something that we've wanted for so long and to have that taken away it was very difficult to to deal with and the, the, the fucked up thing is I'll never forget it the 24th of September was a day where I had a track called Euphoric Recall released and I'll always remember that day as possibly the worst moment and worst day of my life so just weird weird things like this oh. but 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 I, 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 that's that's the bad side of it and obviously I'm still hurting a little bit and stuff but well condolences from me mate you know yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, can't no, even comprehend how you feel so no but th- this is the thing Christian this is so common 
Um, and this is what I've really learned in the past couple of weeks. And I'm, I've sort of been through the shock and the hurt and the depression and stuff. And I, I, we both were, were quite, um, the two of us have really, we're fucking mentally strong with, with stuff that we've gone through. Um, so we, we were able to move into the sort of the acceptance stage quite quickly. Um, obviously we're both hurting and stuff, but we've learned how common this is. I've learned how common it is with people that I know. Some of my best mates in this scene, some of my best mates in life have gone through exactly the same thing and I had no idea about it. Um, uh, one of my good friends who's been on this podcast has been through something similar. Um, I was speaking to another friend. Um, I let him know the situation and he said he's gone through two in the last two years. Another person I know has been through five of them. Um, so I, I, th I just wanted to come on today and to speak about it because I know there's a lot of people around my age who will listen to this podcast or who follows me who are going through exactly the same thing. And I think um, last week it was like um, early pregnancy loss um, remembrance day. I think it was last Friday. So I, I really wanted to speak about it as well. So I just wanted to let people know that it's, it's, a, it's a serious trauma to go through and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And, and for anyone going through it out there, I know exactly how you're feeling. And I've so much respect for people who have gone through it and then who have got a positive result after where they've gone on to have families and stuff. But at the end of the day, it, it is a trauma and it, it takes time to get through it. So just if you can um, reach out to people, reach out to support groups, because this is so common that the amount of people that I've spoken to in the last three weeks that this has happened to and it's 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 really difficult and I already feel a little bit better getting this out and speaking to you today and sorry for springing you on this man it's no just, it's, listen um, I think it's important Brian I think you know thanks for being brave and just sharing that today I think you know ultimately it's going to help you talking about it is going to help a lot of people out there that you know things things happen in your life sometimes and, and I think the best thing with these things that happen is is to talk about it and share it and and you know try and help somebody else. And I think that's what you've done here, Brian. And it just, I think, mate, listen, this is tough and just be kind to yourself, both of you guys. Um, you know, it's, it's a really tough thing to go through. I, I'm, I personally have never been through anything. I can't comprehend because I've never been through that, but I know people who, who have, and you, you're right. It is a very common thing, you know? Um, but man, just, just, it's brave of you to share that on here, mate. But I think it's really going to help a lot of people, a lot of people, Brian. So, but you need to take the positives from it as well because yeah. um, it means that it, it's happened. Unfortunately, it doesn't didn't happen this time. But we have to take hope, and we have to be hopeful that it will happen again. So we'll continue doing what we do, and hopefully, um, hopefully, we can get a, a positive uh, result moving forward. But it's just uh, it's something that I had to speak about, man, and. I know there's going to be people listening in that this has happened to, so I just wanted them to know that um, if they want to message me or anything like that, they can reach out. And um, it's tough, man, but we'll get through it. Um, it as I said, it's, it's very, very common, but it, it still it doesn't take away from the pain of it or anything like that. But 
it, uh, that's, I'm just, I'm, it just follows back to what you said. Like, LA is not like what it is in the movies. Our lives aren't what it's like in the movies. Like, we go through these difficult things, and I think it helps people a lot to hear people who have gone through similar things in their lives. So it's people, they might see me DJing or whatever, but the main purpose of this podcast is to showcase the reality of life for artists or for like yourself or myself yeah like instagram and stuff is this bullshit layer of perfection that doesn't exist i I honestly feel more comfortable coming on here and speaking about my flaws and the 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 difficult things that i have to go through in life rather than to put up the facade of perfection and life is great on instagram it's just this i feel like this is more real i think people connect with this stuff more because it's it it's it's real life and it's what happens to people the, the fucking filtered photos all that stuff i know it's, it's it's good to show off yourself and we, with stuff we have to do as part of this job but i think it's important to show the reality of our lives as well i think you're right and i think you know i can my worry is about the younger generation who have never known a world without social media and, you know, Instagram and, you know, comparing yourself and all that. And I think you're right. You know, it's about real life and life is hard and life throws you some massive fucking curveballs sometimes. And I think, you know, talking about these things, you know, and I think it's great what you do on the podcast, Brian, and it's, it's super helpful to people. It's going to be just better to be real and just help people knowing that you're helping people because you know, I, I myself have had things in the past and, and I've helped a lot of people with mental health over the years as well, since I went through, you know, some traumas many years ago. And I think it's almost like it's, it's, it feels like a responsibility to me to be able to do that, um, to, to do that to people. It's the least I can do as a human being is to try and help someone else. So I think you talking today about that Brian I think I know it's hard mate and listen it's painful and it's okay that it's painful and to mourn um and you know you, you are a strong person you will get through it but this is it's hard stuff for you to go through at the minute mate but mm. just know that you know you are helping a lot of people because there's a, there's a lot of things like that that people just don't talk about and it's I bet you, you till you came out with it I bet you didn't know, like, oh, I've been through that. And you didn't know, you know, because people mm -hmm. just keep it inside, you know. And I think it's, um, uh, yeah, I think it's it's going to help a lot of people, Brian. I think that because there's a lot of stigma around it, because I think when you get to a certain age, you're sort of expected that, oh, you just have the kids. But unfortunately for, for some people, it, it's just not that, it doesn't happen that easily. And, and to be constantly asked those questions, oh, oh when are you having kids, when are you having kids, like, you don't if for anyone out there don't ever ask anyone that question because you never you never know what's going on in people's lives because they don't this as I said people don't talk about this stuff so if you have friends out there who have a certain age if they're married a few years don't ask them that question because it's you don't know what's going on in people's yeah. lives it's it's like it's it's a very very difficult thing and it's, it's a primal thing where we want to continue on our bloodlines and then it if, if it's not happening we feel guilt and we feel shame about it so if for anyone out there if, if you have if you know people who are, just just don't ask that question please just try to show support or just just don't ask that question at all because it's 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 a frustrating thing to have to sort of keep answering when you when you see other people and it's happening for them as easily but at the same time 
you might think it's happening as easy for other people and then you talk to them and they've been through the same type of yeah. situation that I'm going through but appreciate you let me talk about that um christian um it's important brian honestly yeah. I, I think it's really it's gonna people are gonna get a lot of help from that so it's hard for you mate but absolutely mate Let, let's let's go back let's go back talking about yourself obviously you experienced um a lot of exposure and a certain level of fame when you were part of a group called bb mac back in the early 2000s uh mm-hmm. Let's go back and, and, and talk about that because you had uh, number one in in America. You were touring with with Britney Spears and stuff. Is is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We um, yeah, we got together ninety six. Sound like an old man now, um, but yeah, that was um, that was incredible. You know, we went we went on to sell three million albums worldwide. We toured with Britney with NSYNC. Um, you know, we were all over the place. We were on the Jay Leno show about three, four times. We were just in America. It just went bananas. Honestly, it was it was crazy, crazy times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I as a you know, I, I I was a young younger man then, and uh, you know, I'd just been thrown into this this arena of like you know, this is before social media or anything. This was you know, we were just on TV. We were. We were getting, rec- you know, when you, when you get, re- when you get something huge like that in America, you, you go out and you, everyone recognizes you straight away in the streets. It's just a crazy thing to kind of deal with. And, um, you know, it was great. A lot of fun. You know, we were at part, I was at the Playboy Mansion at parties and maybe we'll save that for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> but it was like, it was a crazy time. And, um, you know, after, after three years of just being like physically exhausted through, you know, some of the some of the exhaustion was due to late nights, parties, you know, drinks, drugs, uh, all that stuff. You know, you get, you, you know, plus you're working all the time, but you're young and you're excited and you're having this success and you've got money in the bank and a Porsche on the drive and all that. It was a lot. And I, I found myself um, coming towards like 2003, you know, when we, we took a break, like a 15 year break, actually. Um <laughs> I, I was I was broken. I was broken physically, but mentally I was broken. And I, and I, and and I, for the first time in my life, I, I was in this it was this this situation where I wasn't in control because I was um, I started getting um, panic attacks. So I started getting anxiety panic attacks. I remember I had my first one. I was in Leeds. We were doing some show, and um, I went to this Thai takeaway. I was staying staying in Malmaison in Leeds, and I went to this takeaway around the corner and I was looking at the menu and I just the menu started going weird tunnel vision and my heart started going boom, 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 racing and I thought shit what's what's happening here what the fuck I'm, I thought I was going to die or my yeah. heart was going to explode or something and I and I kind of it went oh, and then it went down again and I just kind of just everything went I had like weird buzzing in my head yeah. everything went weird and tunnel vision Stumbled back to the hotel and got my tour manager and I was just like shaking in the room. It's white. And um, he took me to hospital and he said, oh, it's, it's anxiety. And I've never had this before. And this was just the start, Brian. And it, it started getting worse and worse to the point where I started to get really, uh, I, I couldn't, uh, I had this com- uh, constant knot of electricity. This is the only a way I can describe it in my chest at all times. Um, I, I, I couldn't really be with people. Um, I couldn't do any meet and greets. I was on stage and I was having panic attacks on stage 
like during a performance playing guitar and I don't know how I got through it. I remember I'd, I had one, I was on, I was on a, this show, I was on a TV show getting interviewed and I had a panic attack on the TV show getting interviewed and had to suppress that panic attack. So you mm -hmm. can imagine how horrible how that was. Horrible that was trauma. Yeah. And, it, and it was getting to the point where I, I was starting to, um, um, I was starting to wake up. I'd wake up every morning and I would, I would just be crying. I would start crying. And, uh, you know, for me, I, this is what I, I thought I, I'm going crazy. I've got money in the bank. I've got, you know, girls chasing me. I've got, you know, this success. I'm like, at the time, I think we were number top three in Australia. We were at all these opportunities and I, I couldn't think, I was like, why am I so sad? Why am I so sad? And, um, it got to the point where, you know, I, I couldn't then do my job and, um, the days got darker, Brian, I'll be honest with you. And, and uh, if you've ever been in that situation or in that state of mind, um, I could not see a way out. I couldn't see what you could say to me, Christian, there's 5 million pounds, um, the, 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 whatever. And it, I would, I don't want, I would just, I was like, nothing could make me happy. And, um, it wasn't until I, 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 um, I, I thought I've got to do something. I was literally a wreck. I was a shivering wreck, honestly. And, and if, if you know me, Brian, I mean, you know, we've met, you know, recently, but I was always the life and soul of the party, you know, funny guy. Hey, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, it wasn't in my, it wasn't like me at all. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, what, what happened was I, I, so I, I could not see a way out of this. Uh, and then the, the thoughts started to get darker and darker, yeah. if you know what I mean? Cause I was thinking, yeah. what are my options here? Um, so I, I seeked help, um, which is the most important thing I did, you know, because for a while I tried to just Suppress not, yeah, 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 I tried to not, oh, I'm feeling ill today or whatever, try to suppress it. And it got to a point when the thoughts started to get really dark. Um, I thought I, I've got to do something to help myself here. So I, I, um, I spoke to a, a therapist, um, I remember in London and I, and I actually spoke to my family, my mum and dad and told them everything. They came down to London. It was got that bad at one point. I couldn't go out of the hotel, couldn't go out in public. Agoraphobia. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It was just a, you know, shivering mess inside yeah. the hotel. And, um, so my mum and dad came down, literally had to sit on the bed with me and, and, and watch movies. And it was just, it was really scary. But I, I spoke to a therapist and what this therapist did is explain to me, um, you know, what was going on and that it was, it was all chemical imbalance in my brain. Okay. I wasn't going crazy. Um, you know, mine was, it can be caused by all kinds of things in life, by the way. It's not, you know, mine was caused by all these highs of being yeah. successful, yeah. selling millions of albums, winning awards, you know, being famous, blah, blah, blah. All this amazing stuff that was going on. It was causing stuff. And I'm sure the drink and, you know, smoking weed and all that stuff didn't help, you know. But um, it, it, when she sat down and explained to me, Christian, listen, you're not going crazy, okay? This is a common thing in the entertainment industry. This is a common thing in the music industry and in, you know, Hollywood and or, or everything like that. Um, and that it's a chemical imbalance, okay, in your brain. Once she explained that to me, um, I remember um, 
you know, it, 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 and with these things as well, you know, with, with depression and anxiety, it's not like one day you wake up and it's gone. It, 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 for me, it's like a track fading in, fades in, hits a peak, and it fades yeah. out. Okay? It's something that you manage. You'll never, never, ever get rid of it. You just you take certain steps and change things the way you're doing things, your food, your diet, exercise, me- yeah. meditation. It's it's about managing it and like cutting out stimulation. Get rid of caffeine and reduce. If you smoke, stop smoking. Reduce your alcohol intake. Just it's, absolutely. You do what you, yeah. you do what you can, Brian, to help yeah. yourself. But what happened to me was the way I thought this is never going to go. This is forever. I can't live like this is, this is just the worst thing ever. And I wasn't, you know, for this, the scary thing was I wasn't in control because I was always in control of everything. Even if it was drinking or whatever, I was always in control of everything. Okay. But for this one time, I wasn't in control and that was the scariest thing. But then I remember one day I woke up and I had, it must've been about 10 seconds where I felt normal. I can't remember what happened. I think there was something on the radio or a song come on or something. And for, just for 10 seconds, I forgot about this depression and this, you know, this black cloud. And um, I just started to think, wow, if I can do it for 10 seconds, mm. I can do it for 20 seconds, you know? And there was that little tiny glimmer of hope. And I, I latched onto it with everything I had, everything inside me, I latched onto that 10 seconds of, of like, normalness I had because that's what I've been craving. I've been missing and slowly, but surely Brian, you know, that 10 seconds turned into, you know, 10 minutes and then turned into, you know, 20 minutes. And then over the series, uh, you know, over the course of about, you know, 18 months, two years, I slowly started to build it up. And, um, to the point now where, you know, I'm in a place of strength. Now I can talk about it. You know, for, for when I was going through it, I, I was kind of, a little bit scared to talk about it with other people because I was scared of triggering it, triggering it again. But I don't feel like that now. Um, and the one thing I, w- I would I would say to anybody who's going through anything like that is you can get past this. You really can, and just know that it's it's you know going. It's okay to ask for help. Okay, it's actually a strength to go and ask for help. So don't put that off. Talking about it really helps it's really good to talk about it with people you know and people you love but go and get help go and see a doctor go and see a therapist you can't do this on your own okay you need to get help um, and that's one thing I would you know I wish I would have got help soon because I suffered in silence for like six months it was really bad and I was suppressing it and imagine that the, the energy that sucked out <clears> of me man was yeah. like incredible um, so now you know you know, I talk about this, you know, like things like this whenever I can. And throughout my life, I've with friends and stuff, I, I see, I see the signs, Brian, and I, and I, and I kind of throw an olive branch out and, you know, I've helped people over the past 15 years, like overcome it as well, because I know what a dark place it is. Um, but you can get past it. And like you said, Brian, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to have a day where you feel like shit you can't feel like great every single day and you get, need to get your head around that and know that's just part of life. Yeah. You know, tough things happen, traumatic things happen, Brian, like what you've been going through. You know, these traumas in life, they're just, they're just part of life and you've got to accept them as much as you accept the good times. And I think, you know, you've got to just get the balance right. But if it does get bad and you feel like, you know, you've, you've got proper depression, just go and talk to someone, go, go and see someone. And, and yeah, anyone, you, you can obviously DM me if you want any advice or anything like that, you know, on Instagram. I'm always happy to help. 
uh, and give some advice on that. Um, Cause it's a real thing. And I think, you know, a lot of people have been struggling during lockdown. You know, a lot of people, it's been a trauma for, for a lot of people. So um, just, just be kind to yourself. Really, really be kind to yourself. And like you say, Brian, do things that can really support yourself and help yourself. Healthy diet, okay? Cut out alcohol, booze, any drugs, you know. Um, exercise is a great one. Even just going for a walk, even though you, because when you're, you're going through it, Brian, you don't feel like going exercise and it's the last thing you want to do. You just yeah. want to kind of curl up in the fetal position and just sleep all day. But really, really push yourself to do these things because they're so beneficial and they can really help you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's a real thing, Brian, especially in, you know, in our industry. Um, I know a lot of people who have been suffering. So, exactly. Yeah, that you, it, it, you're 100% right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But what you say about the highs, because especially for, for the industry that we're in, being on stage, people screaming our name, thousands of people coming to see us, all that type of thing. To go from that to then sitting in a hotel room by yourself and on a plane by yourself, and it's like you're going from one thing to one thing very, very quickly. And then to sort of go back into normality, I have to go to, I have to, go to the shop to buy stuff, like... To go from that high to that high is very, very um, difficult to deal with. I went through something very similar to yourself when I was about 26, 27. Um, never experienced anxiety, anything like that. I've spoken about it on the, on the podcast before, but it was my body's way of telling me that how I was living my life wasn't doing me any favours. So I had to, I changed the way I live my life, uh, started meditating, started going to the gym. And anxiety was something that I've had to deal with. Um, it's about, I'd say about 12 years. In terms of it now, I think I have a really good hold on it. Um, I just think how I live my life. I get up every morning. I go to the gym first thing in the morning. I eat good food. I have a good diet. I have good supplements. Um, I just take care of myself. I really do take yeah. care of myself. Um, and and what you say, yeah, very important. And what you say is, because I've gone through so many challenging times in the last 10 years personally, it's made me stronger and it's made me, um, given me the flexibility to be able to adapt, to, to get through and to cope with certain situations because life doesn't get easier. It's just we get stronger. It's like going to the gym, you lift the weight, after three weeks, four weeks, the weight becomes lighter. And it's not because the weight is, is getting lighter, it's because you're becoming stronger. And because when you go through heartaches and tough times, you're getting more and more, more, more mentally uh, resilient and flexible. And when these things happen, you have the knowledge and the know-how about how to get through them. But as you said, it's, it's very important that if you feel you're in a very, very bad place to, to speak out and to contact someone and to get help and as you said asking for help it's it's a sign of strength it's not a sign of weakness um, absolutely it's, it's so many people are going have especially in the last year and a half so many people have gone through a very 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 difficult time so you're not alone if you're going through that so if, if as you said if, if if people want to reach out to yourself Christian they can DM you I've said it from the start anyone if I can help out anyone in any way they can do exactly the same thing for me um, we, we, we need to look after each other we need to care for each other and especially with what's happened we've gone through 
a once in a lifetime situation in the last year and a half and it's it's it it, it, it it's it's obviously going to be very hard for everyone so if you got through it you're you're a lot stronger than you think and th- that's the thing we sort of seem to put ourselves down and clip our own wings and, and bring ourselves down but we're a lot more stronger than we think and I think the experiences that we've had in the last year and a half have shown that so just keep on going and if you're going through a tough time the best word to look at is going you're going you're moving you're moving you're progressing through it you're not stuck you're moving all the time so just reach out to your friends reach out to your family reach out to a professional reach out to myself reach out to yourself obviously we're not professionals but we have experience of what it's like to go through that yeah exactly we we, we know what it's like to go through that tough time and to come out the other side and to still be here so just keep on going that's all I can do no absolutely I love that what you said Brian about life doesn't get easier we get stronger so true but yeah everything you just said mate just 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 be kind to yourself through the whole process and know that you're not alone, okay? And that it's very common. Um, I think, you know, I forgot the stats, but, you know, most people go through um, some form of depression at some point in their life, you know? could happen when you're 12. It could happen when you're 68. It doesn't matter, you know? Everyone's going through a lot. And a lot of the time, like you said before, Brian, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. Um, but just, just go and get help. It's like it's the best thing you can do. Don't suffer in silence. And I think in the music industry, you know, it's that thing, Brian, about like all those highs of performing, performing, and then lockdown. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's like it's coming off a drug." You know, yeah. it, it really is because that that's a that buzz you get with with the crowd and be on stage and you, you know all that euphoric. You look like wow to, to suddenly take that away. It's like going cold turkey on a drug or something, you know, and it's that, I think that can cause chemical imbalances in, in your head. And I know there's been a lot of musicians who have been struggling um, over lockdown and, and, and hope, I'm hopeful now that, you know, now that things are back on, people are going to come out the other end, um, you know, and, and get through this. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's look forward with a, a bit of positivity for what's coming ahead. Absolutely. So just before we go, Christian, what's your plans for the for the rest of the year? And you can let people know exactly what you're up to before before we we wrap this up. Yeah, I'm just gonna be well. I've just I've just launched my my last album, uh, Love Songs from Suburbia, a couple of months ago, which was for me it was a di- it was a different approach. You know, uh, it was a deeper, more deeper. I think everyone's BPM slowed down during lockdown. I know mine certainly did. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got some amazing remixes coming out of that. Um, I've got, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on the Academy. If anyone is interested and just want to talk to me about the Academy and what I've got going on, just DM me. Um, and I'm, I'm also working on some new collaborations as well. So I've got something coming out in January, actually, with Ben Nicky and Greg Downey. That's a big I'm really track. excited about on, uh, on Juna. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm getting excited. I'm getting in, I'm trying to get in the best shape of my life at the minute. Brian, I'm, uh, I've just started, I don't know if you've heard of this thing, I'll tell you about the Whole30, have you heard about that? No, what is it? It's this Whole30 diet, it's not like a weight loss diet, it's an elimination diet, so for 30 days, you don't have dairy, you don't have alcohol, you don't have refined sugar, you don't have fun, uh, you don't <laughs> have uh, any wheat or any grains or any legumes or beans, you just literally eat vegetables, um, meat unprocessed and drink water. 
And I'm doing that for 30 days. And then after 30 days, what you do is you start to reintroduce these other foods. So like, you'll say, right, I feel amazing now. Let's have dairy today and let's see how I feel. And if you oh, feel like crap, right, well, that's it. Dairy's done for me. So, you know, you just introduce things back. But um, it was my friend BT who told me about it. He's been doing it and he's just swears by it. And what, what spurred me on to do this was when I was in LA, I went vegan for six months. Of course you did, Christian. You was in LA. <laughs> I went vegan for six months. And I, honestly, Brian, I felt amazing. Honestly, I felt amazing. And I think I slipped up one day. I had a bacon butty. And, uh, and then I came back and went through a lot. And then I was just, yeah, meat and everything else, you know. But I did feel amazing. So I'm doing that at the moment. So, yeah, I'm just going to be working on getting myself in great shape, working on the Academy and writing a load more new songs to release next year. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about 2022. I think everyone's happy to see the back end of this year, uh, but let's look for next year to be, you know, amazing. Let's have a really amazing, positive year next year. Absolutely. That's what I'm excited about, Brian. Absolutely. Christian, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully it um, won't be too long until I see you at a show again. Uh, we, can, we can continue on with the laugh we had at Creamfields. Definitely, Brian. Thanks for having me on, mate. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure, mate. Pleasure, man. Thank you very much, Christian. Take care. All right, see you later.